Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Physical Kids Weekly. I'm Clara, and today we have a very special episode for you, a standalone interview with the brilliant, the talented, the delightful Hannah Levine. Have I, did I say your name right? You did. Amazing. Good job. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, I work with Australians, but Hannah, as you may have guessed from that clip, plays Victoria on The Magicians, and we're, we're thrilled to have you here. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's just so great. It's so nice to get to see both of you in person. <laughs> um, Danny is out sick today, so I've invited Lauren, who runs the fan Twitter account at House at Mers, to step in and represent the fandom. Thank you for joining us, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. <laughs> um, so, yeah, why don't we get started? Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, what, um, yeah let's let the questions roll. <laughs> All right. Hannah, I'd like to start out by asking you how you got involved with the show. Well, uh, so for fans of the show or people familiar with it, you'll probably know that my character came in season one. So um, I just, I think I'd read for a couple of roles on the show and then... Uh, Victoria, the role came along, and I think initially it was going to be uh, fairly small, and then the producers, I think, they just kind of developed the storyline a little bit more, and she, and Victoria got a bit more involved with some of the other characters, and um, kind of wound up in this big kind of rescue operation in the uh, season finale, which was amazing and fun, and uh, it was really great to get out of that dungeon, because <laughs> I was trapped in a dungeon for a long time, and then, um, and then yeah, I guess... Um, you know, season three rolled around and, and uh, they would, the writers, yeah, they just awesome wanted to bring me back. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> that well, was that. We're thrilled. Um, all right. Um, so, Hannah, we've heard yes. you're a little bit of a fantasy nerd, um, not just in this <laughs> role. Were you familiar with the books that the show is based on before you auditioned? Not before I auditioned, but certainly once I was cast in it, I did. Uh, I got my hands on the first book, and uh, I follow Lev Grossman on Twitter. And um, yeah, I think what he created was so awesome. And, and then you know, my character, she's not in the books, and so I, I had to sort of, um, yeah, like let go of my, uh, I think, um, attachment to what you know, what was and what is wasn't in there because I was definitely a part of the show that was like, yeah. well, here we are creating our own world. So, and our <laughs> own stories, uh, which, you know, part of me was like, I feel bad that, you know, but, uh, a little bad about that. But at the same time, um, you know, I know Lev Grossman is a huge supporter of the show yeah. and, um, it's definitely found its own voice, you know, whilst still being a great adaptation. Um, I think the writers have really got their own style going on, which is fantastic too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's cool because with the whole time loop thing in season one, it can all technically kind of have happened um, <laughs> in canon because, you know, this could just be a different universe where, you know, maybe Victoria or whoever could have been the change that um, the Watcher Woman brought in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's it's sometimes reading those scripts is like reading hieroglyphics. I'm just like, what is happening <laughs> right now? Like, whoa, it's so confusing. And uh, certainly like just thinking from a, a a directorial perspective, I look at those scripts and think, how are they going to do this? There's so much to fit in. And there's just so many different stories and worlds, especially now that the characters are so separated. Um, there's it's just, yeah, what they're able to do in an episode is pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to ask you, as you mentioned, that your, your character isn't really in the books so what kind of mm -hmm. backstory have you imagined for her and how has that impacted the way that you approach playing her 
Well, I think, I mean, Victoria, like, she did get a backstory in the first season. I mean, we found out that she was from the disappearing class from Break Bills, that she's a traveler, she was friends with Josh, and Josh is in the book. So that kind of gave me some context there. And, and you know, we were given this story that Victoria took her class on this traveling mission that she wasn't really meant to do, and she had tattoos that, that they tried to uh, right. take all away from her, like... Um, you know, the, I definitely had a pretty strong idea of her as being uh, a bit anti-authority, definitely likes to pave her own way, push boundaries, exceptionally mm-hmm. talented at what she does. Um, you know, and also, like, she had a bit of a Burning Man theme costume going on, like, when yeah. she wasn't in the dungeon, and I thought that was really cool. And uh, so it was really great to come back in season three and have a lot of that confirmed by how she is now, that she survived the dungeon and... Um, yeah, I felt like it was really in the writing with Victoria. Like, she's straight away, like, up in Poppy's face, like, not, ta- you know, just, like, <laughs> standing up for what she believes to be right. And I thought that's exactly the way I saw Victoria. So I, I think um, I think the writers put a lot there for me to kind of work with in, in a sense of telling me who she is very quickly. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned her clothes because I think uh... – I think your outfit in 308 was one of the ones that we called out because she has that, like, she's, I think, dressed in a way that, like, feels very bohemian. And then she has this uh, really kind of almost loud printed tee that's got all the stars on it. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. No, I love that T-shirt. It was so cool. I I so wanted to keep it. (laughs) It was so good. Um, But the costume designers are so fantastic on The Magicians, and I went in for a fitting, and they gave me so many great pieces. But the starry T-shirt, I thought, was so on point for her. Yeah, yeah, it really does feel perfect. I feel like both Penny and Victoria have that very, you know, like, traveler boho style that Mm kind of, like, shows that they're worldly people almost. Totally. Just to their costumes. Yeah, and that is definitely something that they, um, that the costume designers uh, ke- definitely keep in mind. Like when I go in, they sort of say, well, she's a bit more like Penny. You know, she's got that, like, I tried on a few sort of, of the more Indian style dress clothes mm-hmm. as well, like a bit sari esque, a few of those. But, you know, um, also she's very uh, practical. Like she mm-hmm. needs, she needs to be wearing stuff that she might need to go into some kind of combat for. So, like, uh, you know, more jeans and structural, but also with that bohemian flair. And you're right, because she travels everywhere. So, yeah. Super cool character. Uh, <laughs> yes. Picking up, um, we were talking before, um, at least on screen, we haven't seen much of how she's been able to work through that aftermath of the trauma that mm-hmm. she's experienced. Um, so how do you think she's been coping with that? I mean, I think... I think for me, in the little moment, I mean, I think, how has Victoria been coping? I'd say she <laughs> potentially had a lot of therapy. <laughs> I think uh, I, I, I think she would have really gone into hiding for a while and, and really, like, uh, not exactly licked her wounds, but I think she would have really had to, um, I think, A, process what the Beast has done to her, and B, how she might feel responsible for what happened to all her classmates, and... Um, I think the fact that we see her working with Harriet now says a lot. And when Penny said, you know, you got to help us out. And Victoria says, I've got this other group. Like, I think she feels, I think the need to be in, in a group and affiliated with people and part of something and, and kind of have this new life for herself where maybe she feels a little, 
a little safer, maybe less willing to risk her life again or other people's lives again, like she did back then. Hmm. So that maybe, um, maybe whilst I think her, um, Victoria likes a good cause and what Harriet is setting up is I think in Victoria's mind, a great cause. I think she probably also has been maybe hiding some of her special magic, um, for fear of putting people's lives at risk again. Um, and I think that when, you know, they come to her and ask for help, she's really against it. And I think that makes sense, um, because she doesn't want to put people's lives at risk again. And same when I think the moment between Poppy and Victoria on the bridge where Poppy leaves, uh, I wanted that moment for me to feel really strong for Victoria in the sense of this is where she really fights for what she believes is right. You know, like she's not going to leave her friends, these people behind, you know? And, uh, so I thought that moment was an opportunity to show what she'd been through, you know, that, yeah. yeah, that made her drive to do the right thing even stronger. So let me actually ask you a little bit about um, that scene and I think that the whole concept around the mirror bridge. Um, the imagery in that scene is really graphic, right? I mean, she's she's mm. literally cutting herself open uh, to fuel the bridge. And it's it's hard to avoid thinking about self-harm and some sort of other mm-hmm. mental illness issues. Was that a connection that you made when you read the script? And is it something that you discussed with, like, the writers and the directors going into the episode? You know, I actually, like, I'm really wary of things like that because I do, I... I definitely believe that I want to feel a sense of responsibility as an actor of what I'm putting out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I never saw with Victoria that it was um, that kind of self-harm. And, I mean, I think that they discuss... They discuss what what it means, what the blood means, like it's part of the spell Mm -hmm. or, you know, the the necessary magic, well, of what they have of magic to, to make this, this happen for the other characters. If anything, I saw it as more sacrificial than I did, uh, that self harm, but certainly, uh, I hope that no one watching that, um, felt we had misrepresented anything, um, as I would never want that to be the case, but I didn't, I I mean, we definitely talked about the logistics of, of how much blood I would be losing and how that would make my character feel and act and, and, um, yeah. Also, I was like, I was meant to be sort of beginning to lose consciousness a little bit, the more blood I lost, but mm. I was kind of like, there's no blood on the bridge. Like, shouldn't I be in a pool of blood by now? But then, uh, we were like, no, but she can't lose any drops of blood. <laughs> Every drop of blood has to go into the mirror. So I was like, okay, dramatic <laughs> license. I'll believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it was pretty funny. I literally, I had so much blood on me that like, um, I, I, I just couldn't touch anything. I was just walking around with my hands out. Like it was just, it was, there were some challenges for sure in that sequence. Yeah, I can imagine. So I saw the picture you tweeted of, uh, you and Marley Matlin with the, uh, blood blood everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. You can't necessarily see it in the actual episode, but there was a lot of blood. Yeah, pretty funny. Sarah Gamble, I think after the episode, she was like, thank you for all the buckets of blood. (laughs) Like, yeah, that was a lot of blood. But, you know, it all, I mean, I think it was a great episode and I was really um, stoked to be a part of it. And yeah, um, I think they did a great job. Okay, so Hannah, tell us a little bit about your upcoming projects, Sirens and Hunting Season. Yeah, so uh, Siren is a new series from uh, Freeform, which is the form of uh, 
it used to be known as ABC Family. So um, that starts airing on March 29th, which is actually International Mermaid Day. Uh, very fitting because Siren is about mermaids. It's uh, set in this small seaside town, kind of in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, a mermaid. <laughs> always, yeah. Perfect setting. And uh, this uh, mysterious and lovely slash dangerous entrancing mermaid played by Eileen Powell, who's fantastic, uh, comes to shore uh, and seems to be not really there in a peaceful context. Um, So she's quite dangerous and befriends um, so well becomes known by some of the locals who then get involved in this story with her basically of, Mm -hmm. of, what does it mean that a mermaid's back in the town and uh, can she live as a human and um, how does it actually work being a mermaid and, um, you know, what do mermaids eat? Just like all of those kinds of things. <laughs> like someone kind of compared it recently to True Blood uh, in the whole idea of like vampires in a modern-day context and mermaids in a modern-day context. And I can see some of those similarities, but um, it's really cool. I think it's gonna it's eerie and it's like a bit of a dark myth urban myth um tale in a modern setting and um yeah so um i play the character jen her name's janine and she is in a relationship with one of the fishermen played by the lovely curtis lum who's a friend of mine also and uh we are kind of involved in a storyline with two of the main characters ben played by alex rowe and xander played by ian verdun and uh we basically just get up to kind of mischief whilst mermaid stuff's going on and um yeah it's it's cool I'm excited to see what audiences think and my character's kind of sassy and saucy and uh I you know I've had a lot of fun playing her so um yeah that that's Siren and uh and then Hunting Season is actually a film that I wrote myself um which we're almost finished post-production and um, it's kind of interesting, actually, because uh, it's had a little bit to do with the magicians just kind of randomly just through some of the people that got involved. It uh, was directed by Shannon Coley, who directed episode oh, yes. four, with season the, three. With Arjun, um, the penny Yeah, Be episode. the Penny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Be the Penny. Um, she did a fantastic job on that. So Shannon directed my film. And then Ellie Smolkin, who's the DP, yeah. one of the DPs on The Magicians, he shot it for us. So um it's, uh, it, you know, he's done an amazing job and uh, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. It's about a um, uh, small town, late night uh, sort of gas station on the edge of a town where a creature is on the loose. And um, all I can say is uh, there ends up being a unicorn in it, uh, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I saw on your website that you said it was written in like a, a fever, a unicorn fever dream or something like that. It was very, yeah, yeah. Definitely drew me yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of a dark unicorn sort of story, um, which I know probably does make me sound like a sci-fi geek. And then the other day someone found this commercial of me online where I'm speaking Elvish. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you speak Elvish or is it just in the commercial? Um, I had to learn it for a commercial, but like I legit had to learn real Elvish. Like I was given the like complete phonetic breakdown of the language so that I could say things properly. Um, like talk about pressure. <laughs> do you remember any like, of it? Uh, I think my line in the commercial was, oh, what was it? I think it was Kavo He Imain Lean, which means, uh, now I can't even remember what it actually means. Um, uh, here are your meals. I think it means that. <laughs> I play, but it, very glamorous. Well, I play a waitress at Denny's who uh, is meant to be a bit like an elf from Middle Earth. 
<laughs> and in Lord of the Rings, and she there's all these fanboys at Denny's dressed up from Lord of the Rings costumes and stuff, and I give them their food. And then I spurt out this line in Elvish and they, like, lose their shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, that. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a really cute ad, but it's just so funny because, like, I don't think of myself as being a genre actor or a genre storyteller or anything like that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am kind of in this fine fantasy uh, sci-fi world and I have been for a while, <laughs> <laughs> including that commercial. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys might be right. <laughs> Um, all right. Victoria started out as a Brakeville student, but her life changed a lot after she went to Fillory. So how did those experiences change her and what role did they play in her decision to join Harriet's cause? Well, that's a good question. I think, um, I think the experience in Fillory, I think on the one hand gave Victoria like, a sense of how, what's possible, you know, uh, what's out there with magic. And that I think of also that some people are more, have some special talents that others don't have and magic should be shared and, and, you know, hence me wanting to take the class to Fillory with me because I think I do believe in, in like, that sense of justice and equality for all, all those sorts of things. And then I think that makes a lot of sense that I would end up working with Harriet, who is essentially trying to do the same thing and make magic more accessible and, and, and give power to magicians and people that don't have, have that access to magic at, at that point. And... Um, so I think, yeah, I think that would be where part of that um, crossover happens between my experience in Fillory and then present day with Harriet. But at the same time, um, I also think um, Harriet's such a strong leader and, um, you know, she, I think uh, Victoria would be drawn to someone like that and a cause that someone cares passionately about, I think would inspire Victoria as well. Mm. Um, I think she's a, sort of a passionate person and I think likes a good cause. I, you know, it's interesting to me that you're saying that, um, that her experiences gave her this flavor of what magic can be. Cause thinking about the story that we get in 308, um, with, um, Harriet and her mother, um, the head librarian played by Magena. Yeah. Uh, right. Like she took a very different path. She knows everything that there is that's out there about magic and her reaction was, well, I mean, it was reactionary, right? Like her reaction was to tighten ranks and to close off as much as possible. So it's kind of neat to see those two different reactions played out around Harriet, her mother and, and her friend and, um, comrade in arms. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, um, it's a great point. And Margonis does a fantastic job. She was really wonderful in the episode too. Um, and yeah, I, I think, um, it does, uh, show that Victoria is, um, yeah, I think it, it, it just says a lot about her character and, you know, we don't see lots of Victoria, but I think the writers have really put a lot in there to, to give us a pretty unique snapshot of who she is. And I love that she's so empowered, Mm. you know? Yeah. So your big pairing so far have been, or uh, I'm going to talk in character. So Victoria's big pairing so far have been with Penny in the first season. And then in this past, most recent episode with Poppy and um, with Harriet, Uh, I guess I'm one question we had was if, if you could, be paired up with anybody on the magicians who would it be oh my gosh (laughs) 
the, all the characters are so great and they all really are so different to each other. Um, I mean, oh, man. I mean, I love Katie. I love Jade Taylor. Um, I just think she's great. And I only got to work with her so briefly, but she's awesome. But then I love... Um, I love what's going on with Alice and Julia, and then I've had nothing to do with Summer and Hale, and I barely, like, see them. So, um, uh, I mean, I'd love to know more about the fairy world and be more involved in that, but I feel so, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of love the story that I'm sort of involved with now. Um, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, Josh and uh, I need a Josh reunion, too. Oh, yeah. Tell us about Victoria's relationship with Josh. Well, I know. I mean, Josh and I, when we worked together in season one, um, uh, Trevor, I should call him by his name, um, you know, he's such a great dude, so talented. um, And, you know, I think we all saw that tonight, especially. Like, he's very special special young man and um I think we got a vibe that we were like maybe a little more than friends um certainly didn't think uh I don't think we knew for sure that we had been a couple or an item um but I think Victoria is definitely a little bit free love in the sense of like I think her and Josh were an item to the point where she wouldn't have wanted Poppy um you know coming in and sleeping with, with this guy she was with but I think that they were um I, I don't think I don't think Victoria would have been like possessive over Josh or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he is my boyfriend, but I think I don't think she. At the same time, I think she feels like French friends shouldn't do that stuff to yeah, each other. Yeah, it's more about her relationship you know. with Poppy. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track. But um, Josh and I, uh, sorry, uh, Trevor and I did talk about that, and, and I think um, yeah, we it was really great to see each other around in season three. Um, uh, but uh, yeah. We'll have to see what happens there. So if I if I had to choose one storyline, I mean, I don't know. I'd love like a bit of a girl gang thing going on again with mm-hmm. like maybe uh, a Katie and Alice. And I mean, I would love to work with Stella because I think she's great. So I don't know, maybe something in there. <laughs> but hey, I'm I'm open. <laughs> I feel like the writers know what they're doing. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to you know do more with Poppy and Harriet too because they're fantastic. And um, yeah, I think um, it's been so great having them on the show. Yeah, I feel like I, just imagining getting the chance to work with Marley Matlin that just must be such a dream. Oh, it was so incredible. Um, yeah, like I I yeah. I was totally just fangirling. And even when I watched the whole episode come together, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Especially, you know, I'm from a small town in Australia and grow up watching shows and movies and uh, always think, oh, that would be awesome. And then you're like, wow, how did I get here? (laughs) This is so cool. (laughs) A lot of hard work, I think, is probably the answer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is true, but, like, still, it's it's pretty cool. (laughs) One of the things we talk about a lot on our podcast is the fact that the magicians make space for a lot of different female characters. Victoria mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of screen time, but even so, she's she's really three-dimensional. She has her own motivations, her own flaws, and her own shit that she's dealing with. So what has it meant for you as an actress and as a woman to work on a show where powerful and complicated women are featured so prominently? I mean, I just think it's it's really empowering and it's very um, – I mean, you got Sarah Gamble behind the show and, you know, I would expect nothing less from Sarah because she's, um, she's a firecracker, you know, and she's so talented and, uh, 
um, not afraid to, I think, do, do her own thing from what I see in her work. So I think it's, you know, it's awesome. And it just, you know, definitely feels like a gift. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love watching how the fans respond to all the characters, especially the women. And um, the guys are also absolutely fantastic on the show too. But, uh, yeah, we, do, we see – I love it that we see, um, you know – empowered female characters but female characters are fuck up as well and they mm-hmm. have their issues and they're they're overcoming things and tomorrow is international women's day i'm sure you guys know and yes i think whilst i you know i'm a huge advocate for empowering women i think it's important to that we empower women to be strong but to be real yeah. like it's okay to be struggling with stuff and it's okay to overcome stuff and we we just like i think um feminism is also just about women being equal and human you know, like allowed to be human and real. And um, I see that in the characters on The Magicians, you know, that that um, we see them go through shit and and grapple with, with who they are and um, try to do better. And I really love that. And I love that the audience responds to that in such a great way. Victoria has um, stayed away from break bills and her fellow students since returning to Fillory, but at the end of... Um six short stories she expresses concern about leaving them behind in the library and refuses to go which is kind of the opposite of what we saw when she ran off in season one away from the fight with the beast so what do you think um has caused this 180 that makes her stay even though she can see it will likely lead to her death i think like yeah it always sat with me diff like i think both um trevor and i sat with us a little hard that we were essentially we just left at the end of season one when peace out we don't want to um we don't want to uh risk our like do this again you know but I think it does make sense in a way that like it was just all such an awful experience and I was so traumatized I think as Victoria and um I think or maybe also didn't want to be responsible for anyone else being hurt again but I think when I think when they do come to my house in season, my apartment in season three and ask for help, I think my reaction initially is no fucking way. <laughs> and partly I think that's fear of, of doubting myself, of thinking I get people hurt again. And also just, um, yeah, I don't want to help pop, help Poppy out. Uh, but I think, um, like the fact that Penny shows up and, you know, I do owe him like majorly. I owe him my life essentially. And I am one of their own, like maybe their only chance. Um, but I think Victorian, like the, I'm so, um, you know, um, pedantic doesn't sound right, but just so, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into this mission unless we cover all our bases and I think that once I'm in, I'm in. Like, I go into it knowing I might lose my life, and it's sort of a decision that I have to make. So I think I think with Victoria, we've basically just seen her go from her strength, in the, you know, initially, then losing that through the beast, and then coming back and seeing that strength again. Yeah, and that's a great message. That's a great message to show somebody that you can lose your strength, but you can still get it back. I love mm. seeing the women on the show continually struggle but then continually get back up again is mm-hmm. it's a great I thing know, to see. I know I agree with that 100% yeah and they all do such a great job of that too 
So, um, yeah, great team effort on the magicians. <laughs> Women love it. I do think like one of my one of my greatest one of my favorite moments is um, from the end of last season when Julia gets her shade back and um, and Elliot goes to get her and they have like very little relationship, but. <laughs> basically tells her like you can wallow here or you can get your pants on and we can save all of magic and it's it's one of those things where she has been through so much and she's had to cope with it and deal with it and fall and get back up so many times um where it's it's just it's like the last in a sequence of those things and then it turns out not to be the last because this season she has <laughs> to deal with like the fact that her power comes from Renard so yeah yeah yeah, I, I, you know, again, I think they both do an awesome job. And um, I agree, like, watching those struggles is very, it's great. It's so good to see on screen, even though it is in other dimensions. And, and you know, it's not necessarily the everyday problems that we all have because there's magic and stuff involved. The stakes are different. But they're, it's still relatable. It, I mean, it, it, you can see it's relatable by the, all the people that get behind it. Yeah. So we want to know a little bit about you two, not just your character. Um, how did you get into <laughs> acting, and what was your first role? Uh, so I I wanted to be an actor since I was a kid. My first role I was essentially fired from. I was cast oh, no. as Mary in the Christmas play when I was five years old. Uh, like Mary is in yeah. The Mother of Jesus. And um but it was funny because my parents, they're very into arts and culture and stuff. And, and for some reason put me in German school lessons when I was five, which is so weird because we have no German in our family. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I think they were just trying to make me cultured. And uh, anyway, so I was meant to be speaking German as a five-year-old. And uh, I, I think I got such bad stage fright or just couldn't quite learn the language. So they essentially recast me and made me an angel that didn't speak <laughs> oh, oh <no. laughs> so brutal. um but anyway uh yeah a few years later I was definitely back taking different drama classes and acting and I just always loved it and I did a lot of stage um stage work and uh kind of experimental dance and stuff like that through high school and then I auditioned for drama school and that's where I went straight after high school for three years doing my undergrad and like um, kind of like similar to like a Juilliard program mm -hmm. or central like what they have in the UK. We have a lot of those in Australia. And um, when I graduated, I was doing theater and I started doing a bit of film in Australia and that took me to the US. And then that's where I've been ever since in North America, but I'm living in Vancouver now. I go between LA and Van and um, tomorrow I'm uh, going to New York. So mm. definitely try to keep working around and traveling and yeah, it's, it's been, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a real ride. I, I mean, I love what I get to do. So. So what is it that you love about, about your job, about acting, about getting to play these different parts? I mean, I feel like one thing about acting is there's a constant search, um, a constant hunt for, okay, yes, the next job, which can be tiring sometimes, <laughs> but also, like, you, one character is never quite like another character. Mm -hmm. And, like, recently with the Oscars, I heard some people say things about various people nominated being like, oh, but we've seen them do that before, we've seen that character. And I thought, it's never the same. Like, yes, people play close to themselves, but every, your life, actors are learning and changing all the time like their work is never going to be exactly the same 
Um, and I think that's one thing I love about acting is that, that as you grow as a person, the characters you play grow, like you, your repertoire widens and this, you step in, you can step into different shoes because of your own experience and your imagination broadens and, um, and it's such a powerful experience what you share with people when you get to sort of act with them and, um. Yeah, it's something that's easy to take for granted when that's what you do, and then when you step away from it, you realize, wow, that's that's pretty awesome that we get to share that with each other, and um, and then you know have your work out there and people respond to it, and I mean that's an amazing feeling too. Yeah. So, what excites you about a role, and how do you know you're right for the part? Hmm. How do I know I'm right for a part? I think because it just inherently speaks to me. I think I can see myself doing it and I can, I can, I feel like I know this world or I, I feel like I get behind this character. Um, you know, sometimes I, it's also equally um, awesome to play something that like, wow, I don't think I'm right for this, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to have to make it work. Um, and sorry, what was your other question? How did um, what excites you about a role? What excites me? Um, I mean, basically, I, I think things that excite me I go from, um, you know, just uh, the stakes of what the character's going through. Um, I I recently am also in season three of the show, a show called Colony, which is all super high stakes. Oh, yeah. It's sci-fi as well. Alien Invasion, um, Life and Death. Yeah. Um, so really high stakes. Uh and the world of the show is, or film is also really enticing as well, whether it's like a magical place or um, stark reality. Um, that's something that uh, excites me about a role. But I think the dialogue too, like what am I actually saying and getting to, um, yeah, those sorts of things, who I get to work with. Um, yeah, I also uh, recently just worked on the show Unreal. So very different to everything else I've done. It's a comedy on Lifetime. And, I mean, I love that show. And uh, it was just so silly and fun and just, like, outlandish. And, uh, like, you know, those experiences are exciting because it's different to what I've done. And it's um, nothing that I would probably ever do myself as Hannah. So that's exciting. Yeah, I have a great job. I can't <laughs> It's good. It's good. It's good that you're doing something that you love. I mean, that's the dream, totally. right? Totally. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I wish that for everybody, honestly. Always, if people find what they are passionate about and can do it, it's you should not take that for granted. Yeah. So, what shows do you watch other than The Magicians? Um, um so I recently um I love watching good series uh, and good films, but uh, it's been hard finding the time, I have to say, recently. But I have been watching The Crown season two, which I'm mm. loving. Brilliant. And then I binged on the plane to Australia recently, uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, yeah. They're, that's filmed, like, right near me. They're doing an open casting call. Danny and I were talking about going just to, like, be extras. Oh, my God. Fun. Please go <laughs> and be an extra and just, like, get near the cast. Because, like, oh, my God. They're Meryl Streep. I mean, can you even imagine? Um, where do they film that? Monterey. They do film it in Monterey. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, amazing. So you live in Monterey? No, I live I live nearby. Um, my husband actually works uh, at a university near there, so it's like right around um, the corner from him. It's a beautiful part of California. I it love is. Big Sur, and that whole part of the coast is just gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I love that show. That was so uh, so awesome. Last year, one of the best things I saw was the Night of the HBO miniseries. Brilliant. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, those are three things that have really stood out to me. Um, yeah. Back on the fantasy track here. What's <laughs> your favorite magical creature and why? Oh, I mean, I feel like I've spent so much time with unicorns recently in my film that I, I kind of want to say a unicorn. And I think, oh, but they're mermaids. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite. Um, I think what I'm loving about working with the unicorn in my own film is... Um, like, I think what drew me to the premise of working with one in the first place is that we always see them as these sparkly creatures that, you know, are fun and rainbowy and, you know, silly in a way. Um, but, you know, when I first saw a, uh, randomly, I saw a unicorn in a taxidermy shop once in San Francisco, of all places. It was a, obviously a fake, but... Um, it was so striking because it was a naturally natural, beautiful looking horse with this horn. And it just struck me as being so unique and beautiful and natural and uh, like something you could just see in the woods. And so that's really stayed with me. And, and I mean, it's a creature that's um, dangerous in a sense, but also um, beautiful and magical and powerful and lucky mm. uh, and enchanting. So yeah, especially if it could fly, even better. <laughs> if I hit a ride on the back of a unicorn, I would totally do that. <laughs> Have you seen um, like videos of narwhals migrating, which are like the you know the unicorns of the sea? <laughs> I haven't, but um, that is really interesting to think about. I have not. I'm familiar with humpback whales more than any kind of whale. So I I would check these out just because they're it's it's really amazing to just see this creature that looks like it shouldn't be real looks like a fantasy creature um just like going about its normal business and you know migrating when it's cold and uh whatever else um and it's kind of crazy to think that like whales are already just by their heft really big and and powerful and and absolutely um, so you know you add a horn onto that it's just i don't know i'm i'm obsessed with narwhals which are not a magical no, creature, but a real one. <laughs> um, yeah, that is really cool to know. I'm going to keep that in mind as like maybe a reference to myself of just, uh, yeah, how they move. That's interesting to think about. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Always happy to help. I'll credit you in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, that'll be my third credit. That'll be. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> Climbing up there. And <laughs> no, I, I stopped a long time ago. <laughs> That's funny to hear you say that about the unicorns because I was comparing Victoria and Pennies to unicorns on Twitter the other day. You were. That was uh, so great. <laughs> when we found out that travelers were inherently mer- magical creatures. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was pretty funny to hear that from you. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was actually really funny to read that uh, on Twitter too. I was like, oh my God, they don't even know. <laughs> I, unicorns, you know, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so what else can you tell us about yourself? Any special talents, weird hobbies, pet peeves? Ooh. 
You know what a random pet peeve of mine is? I really don't like it when people say espresso. It's espresso. <laughs> like, it's an S, it's not an X. And why do the people start saying that? Um, that? That's one thing. It's like whenever I hear it, I want to correct the person, but I don't want to be an ass. And I'm just like, hmm, pet peeve. Um, yes. Uh, I am a stickler for grammar. Even though saying that, I know that, like, throws a spotlight at me and I totally make mistakes every now and then as well. But uh, that's one thing that uh, bothers me. Um, what else uh, people know about me? Well, obviously, I'm from Australia. Um, I have a bit of an obsession with Vegemite, which is kind of the, the <laughs> national food of Australia, especially living abroad for a long time. It can be hard to source it, uh, to find it. Uh, definitely into that. Um, Fun fact, I played the cello for seven years. So, I played cello um, for 25 oh, years. really? Lev played cello as a kid, too. I don't know if you knew that. I never knew that. You should oh talk gosh. to him about it. Actually, um, I hang, will. Sorry. Hang on one second. I want to show you something. <laughs> My cello's in the other room, and it's in there. But, um, you know, Popper, who they talk about in the, in the show and in the books... Um, mm-hmm. All the like moves are Popper's moves. That's based on Popper's cello uh, etudes. Oh no way! I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, the cello—I mean, the cello is such a beautiful instrument in that it, like, it used to be such a pain in the ass to play in high school because it's so big and you have to lug it around on the bus and the train. Yes. And I was always jealous of the violin players because they had these <laughs> cute little cases. And but I'm really glad I played it because it's so deep and soulful yeah. and and. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really beautiful, beautiful instrument. Um, I actually got to play it in an episode. I did a small role in an episode called Backst- uh, a show called Backstrom. It only did one season um, with... Um, Rain Wilson. Yes. Rain Wilson, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I got to play a cellist in that, which was super fun. But, um, yeah, that's something I love. And um, I don't know. I like learning new hobbies. I recently learned to surf and ski, and I like kind of outdoor stuff. So, Yeah. I um, guess I sound a bit like Victoria. <laughs> it, it was funny you mentioning Vegemite. So I, I actually work for an Australian company here in the States. Um, and um, in our kitchens, it's all like mostly U.S. <laughs> stuff, but they have huge <laughs> amounts of Vegemite because everyone needs it. Oh, all the people who migrated over from it. Sydney. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Well, that is awesome. Uh, Vegemite. Yes. I'll be having, I actually try to have a teaspoon of it when I feel like I'm getting a little like run down and, um, I have a long flight. Well, my flight to New York tomorrow and it's been snowing in New York. So I'm like, I'm going to need a big spoon of Vegemite before I go to bed. <laughs> uh, it's like massive B vitamin, vitamin B like overload helps with, with getting sick. I, Just so you like, know. I feel like I've only like had it once like as a kid and was disgusted by it as any American would be. Just like I think like most non-Americans are disgusted by root beer if they have it. I love root beer, but there's some American things I never got behind, like that marshmallow spread. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this, guys? I don't think this is marshmallow. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next one is Danny's favorite question. And since she's not here to ask it herself, Lauren, uh, would you do the honors? All right, Hannah, what's your zodiac sign and what do you think Victoria's would be? We'll accept Hogwarts houses too. <laughs> um, well, my sign's Cancer. That's my astrological sign. And I think Victoria would be a Taurus or, um, or I don't think she's a, I think she, hmm. I say Taurus because I think she's really headstrong, hmm. but then she is a traveler 
even though she's a traveler, I don't see her as airy. I feel like she's very grounded. Mm. Um, yeah, so Taurus is what came to mind. I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> um, yeah, as for, well, I just say Gryffindor because it's the best. <laughs> oh, oh no. You're wounding us. You're wounding us. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you guys want to be in uh, Harry Potter? Which well, house would you be in? I am a Ravenclaw primary, Slytherin secondary. Lauren, I don't actually know what your houses are. Uh, I'm exactly the same as you, Clara, actually. <laughs> I am a Ravenclaw primary, um, Slytherin secondary, so we're exactly the same. <laughs> I think Danny is smart. the same, too. Either that, she might be the other way around. <laughs> That's kind of like someone was like, what What um, house would you be in, in, or what discipline would you be in the magicians? And I was like, well, I want to be a physical kid because I want to live in the physical kid house because it's the best house, but... Um, I think I'm kind of like, well, I think they basically say that travel is a kind of their own thing. Yeah. I actually always, I wish we'd gotten more of it in the books and in the shows, but, uh, the like brief descriptions we got of the illusionist house always seemed to me like that was going to be the coolest, like the coolest actual physical place. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time in break bills in the end. It kind of, you know, departed pretty quickly from there. Yeah. All right. And then, okay. So Hannah, what's one thing you've learned from Victoria and what's one thing you wish you could teach her? Mm. What have I learned from Victoria? I think, I think she's really fair. I think she stands up for what she believes in. And I think she just gets out of her own way and stands up for it. Like she's, I think I'm a bit more like, I don't know, a bit more apologetic than she is. I think she just, says it like it is. Um, and one thing I would teach her, maybe patience. Mm. I think Victoria could be a little, um, rushed about things. Uh, and I think, yeah, although I, I think I can be sometimes too, but I feel like, I feel like my energy is a bit more soothing than Victoria's. Mm. <laughs> I'd probably sound like such a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually the last question that we have written down. Um, but I wanted to ask you because you because you mentioned that you're cancer when your birthday is. Uh, my birthday's July fifth. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys can't. Either of you a cancer? I'm not. I'm a Virgo. But um, I'm a Sagittarius. Lovely. Lev, Lev is also a Cancer, so you have that. In Lev, clearly, I need to meet. I need to just stalk you on Twitter a bit more and fangirl a little harder because we have a lot in common, Lev. And he'll be like, "I didn't even write you in my goddamn books." <laughs> no, he Sorry. won't be like that. He's been, you know, he's we we have him on for the finale of every season. Um, oh, wonderful. And uh, hopefully we'll get to do it this time. I'm a little nervous because I'm actually going to Australia. I'll be in Australia when the finale airs. Um, so I've got like a little... Good luck. It's uh, like being in a portal universe. You'll be like on the mirror bridge basically in Australia. Be yeah, ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm just you hoping we get... You won't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm hoping we get the episode early enough that we can like record beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, he's, he's, he really is just, I think, very enamored with the show. And I think kind of like you were talking about um, Vic- how Victoria feels about Josh. I think he is in this place where he um, he loves it, and it feels like some like and the like the books do feel like something that are his. But I think he's really happy to see people turning it into their own thing too. So yeah, he's he has only good words to say, um, even about characters that he didn't write. So. <laughs> oh, that's so great! Yeah, I mean, I think how could you not be stoked with? 
just the amount of support the show's got and the following and how many people it identifies with. And just, you know, when I meet people out in public who love the show, like, it's such a diverse, eclectic bunch of people. Like, you know, it's it's the demographic is so widespread, which is so awesome. Yeah, it really is. I, I love going on the Twitter tags and looking at the profile pictures of the people who are, you know, using hashtag the magicians because it's just like you said, it's such a wide array of people. And it's really cool to see that it's not one age group or not one gender or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely very glad to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's all the questions I have written. Lauren, is there anything else you'd like to ask before we go? Uh, no, I'm sure I'll think of something in the middle of the night and wake up screaming, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think we're good. I was, I really liked, um, doing this. Thank you, Clara. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I don't normally get to do this, so. (laughs) Oh, well, it's been such a pleasure and thank you guys for having me on and chatting with me and being so supportive and awesome and, um, yeah, it's just been great. Oh, well, we're so, you know, we're so thrilled to have you on and, you know, we've loved getting to see your character's journey. Um, I know you can't, say anything so I wouldn't ask you to but you know we do we we hope that uh like many magicians deaths yours doesn't stick Victoria's doesn't stick and uh we maybe get to see a little bit more she's just floating out there somewhere well yes um hopefully we'll uh I'll be sure to keep you posted um and certainly if uh if people listening um want to take a look at the other stuff I'm working on. Um, yeah. yeah. Siren is out end of March, March 29th and colony season three starts in the spring. Um, and you can also, I, I'm on Twitter as you guys know, and, uh, Instagram and Facebook as, um, at Hannah Levine official. So I always post little things there from shows and people I'm working with and yeah, would love to connect with you outside of here as well. So <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much for being here. It's been really nice to have you on. If 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 you are resurrected, we'll be sure to have you back for an episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazing. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. It's been such a pleasure. And, yes, um, thank all you. the best. Um, so, listeners, thank you for joining us for this very special interview episode. If you like the show, rate us on iTunes or leave us a review. The more positive ratings we get, the higher we show up in search results, which means it's easier for other fans to find us and hear interviews with wonderful people like Hannah. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Physical Kids Pod. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much Bye, for having thank me. Thank you. Night. Mind slide. Vegemite. The unicorns of the sea. <laughs> 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 <laughs>